desire you above all else. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, tonight we purpose, we purpose in our hearts to lay aside every weight, every distraction, things that may be weighing heavily upon our minds. We Lord, we cast that over upon you. And we do, as the Bible says, we set our affection upon you tonight. We look unto you, Lord Jesus. You are the author and you are the finisher of our faith. And so we kalinda dibakasanta. So we look to the inside and we thank you for our heavenly guide. We thank you for inside information. Even to the dibakarisunda. Even into the affairs, the affairs of our lives, the affairs of our nation. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We're not We are not limited. We are not limited by natural knowledge. We are not limited by in men's insight. Oh, we thank you. We can tap, haha, tap into that spirit. <coughs> Of seeing in that spirit of knowing. Let's just take a few minutes right now. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, there's there's affairs that need to be covered in prayer right now. There's decisions uh, that are hanging in the balance, uh, even over our nation. Oh, some are saying, what about the future? What does the future hold? Will we amass some Will our nation enter into another war? Oh, my, my. The timing, the timing, in time, timing of the Tabashanta, the affairs of our nation, the affairs of nations involved, involved in that Ibakasha, what's been prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 38. The timing must be right. The timing must be right. Tamashombra, the stage is being set. But Lord, we offer our supply in prayer. Gili Dimasha, that the leader, our president, the leaders of our nation will make the right decisions at the right time. Gitamasha, Otalida. Oh, Nedi Dibakasha. Oh, Nedi Dididi Dimasombabakara. For you, Kalenda, for you, Habisuburata, you have raised up our nation to be a beacon of light and a beacon of hope. And in my shambra, and our light shall not be dimmed. Our light shall not be taken out. No, Makilimbro, the United States of America shall fulfill her destiny and the purpose, the purpose of this great land. It shall stand. Oh, my lady, and then you must do the buckling. 
and the and the attacks of the enemy and the divisiveness and the oh gotta go gotta go gotta go no weapon formed against us shall prosper we are the United States of America oh oh and what about and what about the church what about the church is this a time for the church to be full of despair is this a time for the church to hide and to walk in darkness no what about the church it's time for the church to arise and shine so we do pray we pray now for the church for the body of Christ that there would be a great spiritual awakening even in the church let it begin in the church let the church arise out of darkness let the church walk into the light for this cause for this cause and for this purpose we are called we are called to be the glorious church the glorious church the glorious church filled with your glory filled with your light filled with your power dispensers of Akalita, dispensers of good dispensers of your glory dispensers of miracles signs and wonders. What is the purpose of the church? Oh, to represent him, represent Jesus to a sign dying world. So let your glory, let your glory, let your glory arise upon your glorious church. Awake, awake, awake. I just keep hearing that. Awake, 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 body of Christ. Awake, church. This is to be our finest hour. Our finest hour. <laughs> oh, no, you're calling. No, you're calling. No, your purpose. Beacons. Beacons. Beacons of light. Beacons of hope. Oh, Dispensers, dispensers, dispensers. Dispensers of your glory. Dispensers of good. Ah, lady di damashata. Woo, lady di ba glorious church, glorious church, glorious church. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Naninita, walking, 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 walking. Abashamata, walking out the plan, walking out our purpose. Leti tanda da remi so donde Leti di grosse baliandre do Oh di di nemashampa katana Ha de tamoshumbre kandata Ah ha 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 Oh maledi di di bagodone da bashombra tata 
The spirit of prayer is here now. We're not going to pray at the end. We're going to pray now. So Tamata, this is what's happening now. So don't Shambakara hook up right now. Oh, we don't have to do Mashambre. Now, now it is time. Now it is time. Ha ha. Now it is time. Makashondareta. High time. High time to be kasombra. High time to be about the Father's business. High time to walk in our place and our position of authority. Amen. Now listen to this scripture in Ephesians chapter 5. We'll pray just a few more minutes before we get into the word. This isn't part of the message, so don't take it out off of my preaching time. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5 verse 14. Therefore, he says in, in the Amplified Classic, if you can pull it up, Amplified Ephesians 5, 14. Therefore, he says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine. Make day dawn upon you and give you light. Cross reference in my Bible goes over to Isaiah chapter 60, where it says, arise and shine for your light has come. So in both places, who's he talking to? He's talking to the church. In Ephesians, I mean, Isaiah, obviously, he's talking to, to Israel, but it has a dual meaning. He's talking to us, the body of Christ, the church. Then he goes on and he says, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposely. We're going to talk tonight about God's purpose. Live purposely and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and the witless. Hmm, interesting. If I guess modern day translation could be, don't be stupid. But as wise, sensible, intelligent people, love this. Making the very most, verse 16, making the very most of the time. Buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Pastor was again on New Year's Eve. If you haven't listened to that, you need to. He was talking about doors. And one of the things he said is some doors are only open for a certain period of time. There's opportunities that come into our life that have an expiration date. Brother Hagin used to say this all the time. Missed opportunities bring regret. So that's why we are to be alert. And we are to be awake. And we are to be in tune in our spirit. So we know when these God-given opportunities come across our path. When these divine connections and these glorious appointments. And we don't miss them. I don't know about you, but I have been late for quite a few appointments. And then there's been times when I completely missed an appointment because I forgot to write it down and I wasn't paying attention. We're not going to miss any appointments in this day and in this age. This church is not going to miss any divine appointments. Amen. 
and people that have an appointment with God, first of all, but have a divine appointment with this church. There are people driving by right now on Hesperian. They got an appointment to be here. And we're calling them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And he goes on and he says, Therefore, don't be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. We don't have to live in the dark. We can know the will of the Lord. And you're not sure, if you're not sure what the will of the Lord is, you can start with the very next verse. Don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. So that's part of the will of God. The Lord told Brother Hagen, under the new covenant, it is my will for every one of my believers to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They didn't have that under the old covenant. But we are living, the Bible says we're living in a better covenant. So if it's better, we got to have some things they didn't have. They had a lot of cool stuff happen. They had divine provision and protection. But they could not be born again, first of all. They couldn't ask Jesus into their heart because he hadn't yet come. And they couldn't be filled with the Holy Spirit. But we're living in a better time, a better covenant. And as I can't, I'm just following the Holy Ghost here. I wasn't going to bring this up. But one of the things I like about what this says here, live carefully how you walk, live on purpose. And then he says, make the very most of the time. Buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. So right now, one of the things we're going to pray, we've prayed a little bit over our nation. We prayed about the church arising, waking up. And part of the church being awake is having their spirit man charged, charged. When your spirit man is charged up, on the inside, you're going to be more awake. Yes. There's a lot of Christians that are asleep spiritually. And when you are asleep, even in the natural, when you're asleep, you miss some things. I mean, if you've got little kids and you're asleep, sound asleep, you guys are going to find out about this, Jose and Julia, when your little one gets older. If you're sound asleep because that little one has kept you up all night or whatever, when they get to be a toddler, you're going to miss some things. And when you wake up, they could have destroyed their, their room. There could be toys everywhere. You missed it because you were asleep. Too many of the church are asleep and missing not only opportunities, but missing what God wants to do in our lives and in our midst. So we're going to just pray a little bit more, settle down a little bit more on an awakening. But we're going to center in on awakening in this local church. And that people will sombre taha. He said here, understanding the will of the Lord. My heart gets grieved when pastor or myself, we give an invitation for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we know they're not filled 
but yet they're not responding. So Lord, right now we pray. We settle down and we center in on this local church. And Lord, we we declare it. We will not miss our day of visitation. Lord God, we are praying that people in this church, people in the Bay Area, in the churches that are naming your name here in the Bay Area, here in our state, we will be aware. We will be awake and we will not miss our day of visitation and the paladunaminita and those, those that are asleep spiritually, those that do not have any kind of heart hunger for you. Oh, they're, they're born again and that's all they are. And that's their seem to be just settled on that. Well, I'm not going to hell. Lord, there's so much more. So much more. So much more. We pray about the much more. The much more. The so much more. Oh, ha, ha, ha. So much more. Taking the next step. Taking the next step. Stepping in. Stepping in. Stepping into the will. Stepping into the plan. Stepping into the fullness of the things of God. Oh, oh, da, da, da. let the bakalita, let the spiritual hunger in this place be turned up, be turned up, be turned up, turned up, turned up. <laughs> oh, desire, 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 spiritual desire. Oh, <laughs> hungry, hungry for the word, hungry for the things of the spirit, hungry and desirous for more of you. Lord, that's our prayer. That is our prayer. Hallelujah. And we do thank you that you are helping us. Helping us. Helping us and giving us divine utterance. Divine utterance granted to pray out the will, the plan, and the purpose. Hallelujah. For we can't do it in our own power and we don't do it out of our own mind and our own thinking. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, good, good, good. Well, you can go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad for the Holy Ghost? I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, if you weren't here last week, we started a new series on plans, purposes, and pursuits. And uh, you can go online on our app and you can listen to last week. So you'll be caught up on, on the foundation, really, of this series that we have started. Our theme scripture, if we had to pick a theme scripture, would be Proverbs 19.21 in the Amplified. The Holy Ghost already prayed out, you know, some of the things that we, I'm sure we needed to share tonight, but we're going to give you some scriptures here on God's purpose. But this is our jumping off place. Many plans are in a man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that shall stand. Aren't you thankful for that? We have inside information. We are not limited 
by what we know. And there ought to be a big shout right there. We're not limited by our education. We're not limited by where we came from, our background, any of that. We have a Holy Ghost helper in life. We have a tour guide, if you would, to that will show us things to come. And his name is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. All of us were born for a purpose. And God's purpose for us will stand when we step in to his family and get hooked up with his plan. Jesus really is our example of someone who knew his purpose. He knew why he came. You remember when he was just 12 years old and him and his parents, they had had to go to Jerusalem as the custom was. They had to go there once a year and pay, do sacrifices and different things. And they must have been traveling in a very large caravan. So they left Jerusalem and it was two days before Mary and Joseph realized that Jesus wasn't there with the clan, with the family. So they went back to Jerusalem and they're looking all over for him. And they found this 12-year-old boy in the temple discussing scriptures with the priest and the scribes and the Pharisees. And they were shocked. And you know, his mom said, why did you do this? We were looking all over for you. And his response to her was this, what? Don't you know I have to be about my father's business? So at 12 years old, what was he discovering? He was discovering his purpose. He was looking into the scriptures and he was seeing himself and he knew who he was and why he came. Before Jesus was ever born, before God ever created Adam and Eve, he knew before he ever created man and woman, he knew that they were going to fall. He knew that Satan was going to deceive them. He never plays catch up to the devil. God wasn't caught off guard when Eve gave Adam that fruit and they, their eyes were open. God wasn't up in heaven. He didn't fall off, off of his throne and go, Oh no. Now what are we going to do? Oh, it's all over. They've ruined, they've ruined my plan. No. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, before God ever established earth, he had a plan of redemption in place. Think about the awesomeness of our God. And he put in Jesus what his purpose was when he came to this earth. First John chapter three, verse eight. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. But the last part of this, and I want to highlight, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest. Why? That he might destroy the works of the devil. The devil thought he had won. When he deceived Adam and Eve and the sin nature came into them. And then he thought for sure when God sent Jesus, he thought for sure he'd won again. When he killed Jesus, he was crucified on the cross. But God always wins. And he always has the last word. And this is why Jesus came. He came to destroy the works of 
the devil. He always causes us to triumph. Amen. So Jesus knew his purpose and he knew also he had a choice whether he was going to step in to the perfect will of the father or not. We won't take time to read it, but over in the the book of Luke, you can read about when Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane before he was to be crucified. And it is a picture there of him agonizing in prayer. And he even said to the father, father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. In other words, father, if there's any other way that redemption can be made manifest to your man, let it be another way. But then he ended it with not my will, but thine be done. That lets us know he had a choice on whether he was going to do the will of God or not. God didn't make him. He had a choice. The Bible even tells us as he was being crucified that he could have called 10,000 angels and saved him. But he chose the will of the Father. He chose to do always those things that pleased his father. He is our example. And part of the reason that he could choose to do the will of the father when he was even being crucified is the Bible talks about for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. Brother Kenneth Copeland sings this song almost all of his meetings. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And you know, that's scriptural. That's the joy that kept him in that place, that kept him nailed to the cross. It really wasn't the nails. He could have called a legion of angels to deliver him, but it was the joy of seeing the end from what he was going through currently. He knew the cross was not the end. He knew it was just the beginning. Hallelujah. The beginning of eternal life for all of us. The beginning of the family of God being huge. Hallelujah. That's the joy that kept him there and kept him focused on the will of God. And you and I, we have a choice. When we come, first of all, the the number one choice that we have, choose life. Bible says in Deuteronomy, I've set before you this day life and death. And you know it's an open book test. It's an it's an open book question. I've set before you death and life. And then he gives you a clue. Choose life. Choose life that you will live. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He doesn't want anybody to perish. It's not his will. It's his will that all of us would be saved. So that's the number one choice that we have to make. Jesus, which is life. The devil, which is death and eternal separation from the giver of life. How many of you have chosen life? And you've chosen Jesus. Good choice. I knew I was looking at a bunch that's quick, sharp, bright. Amen. Good looking. 
made the right choice. But once we come into the family of God, we have choice after choice. And the next choice is, are we going to get on the path that God has chosen for us? Are we going to fulfill our destiny? Are we going to seek him and find our purpose in life? We do not get our purpose in life from our mom or our dad or even our Grammy. We get our per- our parents as parents oftentimes. And, you know, we have two sons and growing those boys growing up as parents. You can look at your kids and you can say, say, yeah, they're gifted here. They've got that talent there. And it's our responsibility as parents to nurture those gifts and to nurture those talents and to, to help them and to train them and to guide them. But there comes a time when they have that will and they will make their own choices. We do our best. We do all that we know to do and getting them in church and teaching them about Jesus. But every single one of us has something called a will. And we get to choose. Are we going to walk in that path and that plan that God has prepared for us? Years ago, it's been men. John and Lindy will be married 20 years this year, which I can hardly believe. They got married in 2000. And they were on staff with us here for four or five years. And I was happy to have them, you know, close by and near. They were just kids when they got married. They were just 21. So they, they needed to grow up. But I'll never forget the day over in our old building that John, he came and told mom first, came and sat down in my office. And he started telling me, mom, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God is dealing with us to move to Southern California. I stood up behind my desk and I said, John, You don't need the Holy Ghost. You have a mom. And I say you're staying here. But you know what? (laughs) Not scriptural, right? It's not our parents' plan for us that shall stand. It's God's will. And it's God's plan. And we can't force what we want for our kids off on them. We can't make our kids get saved. We can't make our kids get filled with the Holy Spirit. I heard another kind of, now this is a, didn't come from me, but I heard a, a funny story. This man, man of God was having a wonderful meeting and a lot of people were getting filled with the Holy Ghost. So he gave this altar call for people to come and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lots of folks came up. This young, one young man came up. He looked kind of confused. He was standing in the line. His mother was standing behind him. And the minister came up to him and he said, so do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? The young man kind of rolled his eyes, looked back at his mom and he said, she say, I do, I do. Mom said, you do, but he wasn't ready to be filled. So we have to let our kids discover their own path for themselves. And I've said about that. Amen. And then this thing about purpose, another point about purpose, our parents may tell us you were not planned. Anybody have your parents tell you that? Some, <laughs> poor Caleb, Steve, how could you? <laughs> and look what a blessing. Or some parents may say, I've heard this, some parents have said, you were an oops. You were a mistake. You were an oops. Well, you know what? God never looks at anybody and goes, oops. I didn't intend 
to make you, oops, you're a mistake. You know, you came off of the assembly line with just a lot of spare parts and we're not expecting much of you. No, God never says that. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 in the passage translation. Let's look at this. We have become, oh, I like this, his poetry. I don't think I've ever written a poem in my life, but that would be awesome. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will what? Fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before you were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. I think we ought to shout over that. Woo! Hallelujah! I like it. Even before we were born, God planned in advance good things for us. Hallelujah! The Amplified says that we are His handiwork, His workmanship. And let me just let you in on something. God does not create junk. Everything that God touches, everything that God creates is of value and it's precious. Hallelujah. And it's important. Do you see yourself as valuable and as precious? Glory be to God. So take care of yourself. Do what God wants you to do with your life. Amen. And don't get so hung up on the outward side of things. It's the top of the year. People are making New Year's resolutions to lose weight, to do this and do that. And we are to take care of our body. But the Bible says exercise profiteth little. But, you know, we should take the little. I'm not going to go there. But anyway, take care of our physical body. But not to the point that we're just consumed with our outward appearance. Now, if you've been in this church very long, you have heard this joke a few times, but I have some new victims over here from Greece. Maybe they haven't heard it. And anyhow, pastor reminded me of it last night, so I'm going to tell us again. It is a joke. It's not a true story, okay? So don't feel bad for this woman. So there was this woman that died on the operating table. She went up to heaven, stood before Jesus, And Jesus looked at her and he said, I'm going to send you back to earth and I'm going to give you 20 more years to live. So she went back in her body, woke up from her surgery, got out of the hospital, looked in the mirror and thought, man, I'm going to live 20 more years. I look pretty old. So I think I'm going to change my appearance. Never liked my nose. I'm going to get a new nose. I need to do something with this jaw. I need to lift here, do something with my eyes, all of these surgeries. So she started making appointment after appointment, surgery after surgery to change her appearance to look younger. This sounds like it could be a true story in certain parts of our state for sure. But anyhow, so... The day finally it came when she's all done with her surgeries. New nose, new eyes, new jaw, all of this stuff. Walked out of the doctor's office feeling real good about herself. Wasn't paying attention. Maybe she's looking down on her phone. Stepped out into the street. A truck hit her. She was dead instantly. Went back up to heaven. There's Jesus. 
She said, Jesus, I thought you said you were going to give me 20 more years. Jesus put his head down. He said, I'm sorry. I didn't recognize you. (laughs) Funny, huh? (laughs) Not true. Not true. (laughs) It is not true. But I appreciate the new laughter over there in that section. How many of you have never heard that story? Ah, well, good. Good, good, good. I like that when I tell something you haven't heard. Anyhow... But if this were a true story, it's too bad that she didn't know that real change starts on the inside. Genuine change doesn't happen from what we do to the outside. Listen to this. God has awesome plans and purposes for all of us. He offers us a life of fulfillment, joy, and peace. It doesn't come from changing our outward appearance. It comes from discovering God's design for our life. Isn't that good? Let's look at another scripture here in Ephesians. Ephesians 1 verse 5 in the Amplified. For he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love. For us, Ooh, that's so good. To be adopted, revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ. In accordance with what? The purpose of his will because it pleased him and he and was his kind intent. Woo! Shout, shout break. Woo! Look at your neighbor and say, you were designed by God. You are his masterpiece. That means we're a piece of the master. Hallelujah. Woo. And not only that, but he said he planned in love for us. Ha. While we were yet sinners, what did he do? He loved us. He loved us. And he redeemed us. Hallelujah. And he had a purpose in mind. When you were born. Before you were born. He had a purpose. In mind. And he's just waiting for us. To discover. Our plan. And our purpose. How many of you know why you're here? Some people say I have no idea. Why I'm here on this earth. What I was born to do. Well, my answer would be get saved. Get Jesus on the inside of you. And if nothing else, just start out being a witness for Jesus. Just start out sharing the love of God. Take that first step of I'm here to give life away. Hallelujah. I'm here to shine bright in a dark dying world taking that step there's nothing like leading somebody to Jesus Woo! talk about purpose being fulfilled you've been in the right place at the right time to snatch somebody out of the devil's kingdom Woo! that's purpose that's plan that's fulfilling amen 
Now let's look at some more things here. God knows everything about us. He knows where you should be and what you should be doing. Another scripture out of the NIV in Isaiah 46.10. I just got happy when I started seeing this is just a few of the scriptures. There's a lot more that we won't go into. But this one, it says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. Then read this with me. I say, who's saying that? The Lord. I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Do you believe that? That God's purpose for this time will stand. That God's purpose for our nation will stand. God's purpose for raising up Heart of the Bay Christian Center will stand. God's purpose for bringing you into the kingdom for such a time as this. We could have been born at any time. We could have been born when California was the Wild West. I'm glad I didn't have to come out here in a covered wagon. How about you? We could have been born at any time in history. But you are alive now. You are alive now for such a time as this. And I believe don't ever say, but I'm so weak, but I I have zumbrakata. I have nothing to offer. It's so hard for me to live. It's so hard for me to stand. No, no, no. I have handpicked you and I have chosen you for this day and for this hour. You have come into the kingdom for such a time as this and all of the equipment and all of the power that you need to live a victorious life is available oh it's available God does not make mistakes he doesn't make a mistake about you coming into the earth he did not make a mistake about the time of your birth it's all ordained. It's been prearranged. No, he doesn't make us little bitty robots. We have no will in the matter that we just have to get up every day. Praise him. Praise him. I'm just a robot for Jesus. No, we've already talked about that. He gave us a will. We get to choose. But he chose us to be alive now. Woo. Woo. We get to be alive at the end of an age. We get to be a part of the ecclesia, the glorious church. And for eons upon eons, those that got to be alive to receive the free gift of salvation. Those that came before us, those that will come after in the millennial reign, they will look at us. They will look at the church and they will longingly say, well, I wish I could have been alive during the church age. Those are the ones that got to be alive, that got to have Jesus on the inside of them, that got to know what it was like to have the Holy Ghost flowing out of them, to know what it was like to be washed 
in the blood of the lamb. The church is going to stand out in heaven. Hallelujah. Eons upon eons. Woo. Know your place. Know your purpose. Oh, my, 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 my. And know, be assured that I know your beginning. I know your ending. And if you will follow after me, if you will in prayer, in prayer, stay ahead of yourselves in prayer. And if you will pray in the spirit, you will pray out your future. And I will show you step by step that the mandra, the things you need to do, the places you need to go to get to your desired end. He knows. He knows. He knows our beginning. He knows exactly when you came into this earth. He knows the number of hairs upon your head. For some, it's easier for him to count over here with the Pate family. But he knows everything about us. If he knows that much detail... The number of hairs upon our head. Don't you think he knows where you need to be tomorrow? Don't you think he knows who you need to marry if you're not married? Don't you think he knows where you need to work? The career path you need to take? Oh, my, my. Don't think that I'm just the God of the great, big, huge things that need to happen in the earth. I am the God of the very details of your life. (laughs) How much more? How much more do I love you and care for you than the lilies of the field? So take no thought saying. God doesn't care. About me. Oh, you're so wrong. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. I love you with an everlasting love. If you were the only person ever created, I would have still sent my son for you. Oh, how deep is my love for you. How awesome is my care over you. My, 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 my. And the things that you carry in your heart, the things, the people, that how much you love them, but how much more I love them. <laughs> Oh, my, my. So, so don't yield to worry. Don't yield to fear. Oh, you're in my hand. <laughs> the Father's care. The Father's care. Oh, my, my. If our eyes could be opened and we could just get a glimpse. <laughs> How much he loves us. How much he loves us. So often we say, oh, Jesus, I love you. And we should and we do love him. 
But tonight he's reminding us, I love you. I had a friend years ago who was dealing with, really with depression. But she was struggling on how to see herself as valuable and precious to the Lord. And he told her, put this rubber band on your wrist. And every time you have, you know, this thought that I don't care for you, God doesn't care about you, just flip that rubber band a little bit and say this. Instead of, oh, I love you, Jesus, say this. Flip that little rubber band and say, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. It changed her whole life. She got this perspective. It's not just about us loving him. It's about us responding and knowing he loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Just put your arms out like this. And then just put your arms around yourself and just say, I receive your love, Jesus. I receive your love. Oh, how Jesus loves me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to give you one last scripture here. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is so precious. We don't need to go on and on and on. But I like this scripture. I think we have the English Standard Version. If we don't, just listen. English Standard Version of, of Psalms 138.8. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Can we pull it up in the Passion Translation? Psalms 138.8. I don't have that written down, but I know it's good in that translation as well. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. And here it is in the Passion. You keep every promise you've ever made to me. Since your love for me is constant and endless... I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing that you begun in me. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what? Let's just stand. We're just going to close right here.